Driven mofos, I'm guessing that you found out about this podcast because someone shared it with you, posted it on their Insta stories, tweeted it, or something like that. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and getting a heap of value from it, just like those who shared it with you. As you know, I don't run any paid ads or sponsorship on this podcast, as it's my goal to get good information out to the world for free. The only thing that I'd ask from you is that you continue to pay it forward by sharing this episode and letting others know about what we do in this podcast so that we can keep growing this amazing community of driven mofos. So please keep the good karma rolling and share this episode with someone or just share it on your socials. So the majority of society don't really understand money, which is why they commonly confuse this common term. And then they start attacking people based on this thing that doesn't really matter or doesn't really mean too much. The most driven people in the world want to build great empires and leave a great legacy. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is my attempt at documenting the lessons I'm learning on my way to building a $100 million empire that helps people perform better in life and business. My hope is that you use these lessons to live a kick-ass life while building your own empire and leaving a powerful legacy. I hope you share and enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to dive down deep into why the majority of people in society confuse the idea or the term of net worth what it really means, and why a lot of governments attack high net worth earners, why taxation attacks it, and then why the general public attack it as well, and why they get all confused about these terminologies, and why it normally limits most people from their earning potential. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo, founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute and Mojo Business Multiplier. Let's get into this episode of talking about net worth. So when most people think about net worth, when the majority of society of people think about net worth, they think about that's the money that a person has. So let's say if you've got a house that you've paid for and it's paid off, and that house is worth a million dollars, then that person's net worth essentially is a million dollars. So then people go, well, that person's a millionaire. Well, that's true, but they don't have a million dollars in the bank. And so the reason why I'm talking about this is I've seen on Twitter, there's been this conversation going on about how the rich should be taxed more. And then they use examples like how Elon Musk doesn't pay a lot of tax. And they say things like, well, we should tax the rich at a higher tax rate. But the thing is that there's a lot of different things going on there. And because it's so easily to confuse all this stuff, most people get overconsumed with this idea of net worth. So let's say Elon Musk is worth $100 billion and that's his net worth. That essentially is all of the shareholdings that he has essentially in the companies that he owns. So his stake in Tesla, his stake that he also has in SolarCity and all of his other stuff that he's got going on. Now for Elon Musk, as far as I understand, and this is just based on my understanding, which is potentially limited, he doesn't have a house. So he doesn't own a house and he sleeps on the office floor or he will rent somewhere or he'll go and stay with friends from what I understand. But he has a private jet. Now that private jet is owned by the business. So let's say that the business, which let's say it's Tesla. Now that's there so that Elon Musk can hop on a plane, fly across the other side of the country, have a meeting, get shit done, make decisions, and then fly across the other side of the country, have another meeting. And so potentially he can have three to four, maybe five meetings in a day without having to wait in airports, without having to go through airport security and all that sort of stuff. So for Elon Musk, for someone with that higher worth, who is making such big decisions and essentially controls the livelihoods of tens of thousands of people through his employment, potentially even hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions, I'm not sure. But he has to make a lot of decisions. He has a lot of pressure. So his time is essentially the most valuable thing that he has. So if he can save two to three hours a day, every day, He can get more done and achieve more. So for him paying, let's say $20 million for a private jet is worth it because he will make that money back 
very, very quickly based on the decisions that he's making very rapidly in the meetings that he's going to. Now, for most people, that doesn't make sense. Like if you're worth a million dollars, flying on a private jet probably doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not going to save you that much. You probably can sit in an airport and do a bit of work and all that sort of stuff. But for him, he has to be on, 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 on because every minute matters. And probably every minute is worth tens of millions of dollars. That's why he has it. But people look at the private jet and they go, Elon Musk has a private jet. And they think about it like a private citizen. So they go, well, I own my car. Therefore, he owns a jet, which is the same thing. So when a normal individual has a car, it's in their name. When a business owner has a car, it's normally in the business name. So my cars are in my business name and they're in the business name for tax incentives. They're there for you know, a whole bunch of different reasons for lending, for insurance, all that sort of stuff. When you're a business owner and you've got a company, essentially most people would buy a car in the company for multiple different reasons, right? But the main one is taxation. And the reason why you wanna reduce your tax is let's say you make a million dollars a year or the business has a turnover of a million dollars a year, and I'm just using round numbers. Then from there, let's say your tax rate is 30%. So you have to pay $300,000 to the government. Now for what? If you're a business owner, you go, well, for what? Now, if I can keep $300,000 in the business, that means I can potentially hire maybe one or two more executive staff, or I could potentially hire maybe four or five other staff. Now, if I can hire more staff, that's more employment. For the government, that's more taxation on their end because they're gonna tax the employees more. So the rules of business are set up, especially if you're a company owner and you've got trust and so on, are set up differently because the business want you to own companies and they want you to own companies because you can employ more staff. When you employ more staff, you essentially give opportunities to more of the population, which means that more of the population are gonna be happy they're gonna vote for the government that are in party or that are wanting to get into party. Also, society is a lot more stable. So we have more stability in society, just in general, I guess you could say as a general fact, but that's not necessarily true because if you look at the law of heuristic escalation, the more order there is, the more way there is for things to get out of order. But my point is that when you have more employment, you have more stability, there's less volatilities in society as a whole. So you're gonna have less rioting, less people causing problems and all that sort of stuff. So the government wanna make sure that there's more jobs there. So they incentivize businesses to pay less tax so that that money can go back in to building a business and employing more people. So that's normally why tax rates are lower in companies and so on as just a basic overview. But then what happens is if you're very smart with your tax, you can essentially get it down in a company to almost zero. Now that doesn't mean that if Elon Musk takes money out of his business, he doesn't pay income tax. So for instance, if you're a business owner, like I have companies, in those companies, if I pay myself a wage or I take an income or a drawing from that company, I have to pay income tax. So because I get treated like an employee now. So the government want you to keep as much money as you can in your business so that then you can employ more people. You essentially are spending more money in different places. So it's keeping other businesses alive. That's why businesses pay normally lower tax rates. But what happens is the media and the other political parties who are on the other side and trying to win votes, they sit there and they go, well, hang on, Elon Musk paid 0% tax. But the thing is he didn't really pay 0% tax because every time he buys a product or every time he buys a service, if he goes out and buys a new jet, he still has to pay tax on that. Every time he puts fuel in every one of the company cars or they're electric. But let's just say every time he buys electricity, if he buys electricity, or let's say he's building a brand new mega factory. Every person who works in that mega factory, there might be thousands, they're all getting employed. They all have to pay tax. They all drive their vehicles. If they have fuel, then they're paying fuel tax. Then they're also paying registration. So the government is still pulling taxation from everywhere around the place. And so the government still make a lot of money. They just spend it ineffectively in most cases, which is why it looks like People aren't paying enough tax. And so the natural thing is instead of the government turning around and saying, 
well, we need to spend it more effectively. We need to go right through and edit all of our books. They don't do that because then they've got to take more responsibility. They've got to have more accountability and they don't want that. So then what they do is they blame rich people and they go, well, rich people don't pay enough tax. And they're not saying that rich people themselves don't pay enough tax. They relate it back to the company and they say, well, the companies don't pay tax. Like Nike pays stuff all tax. Well, it's supposed to, right? Because that's how it's set up. And that's why the governments never change it. They will blame the companies, but they won't change it and they can't change it. Well, they probably could. But if they do, it's just going to cause massive problems. Now, if you're a large corporation like Nike, and let's say you've got a big factory in Australia and the government put up tax rates on that company, and let's say it becomes more ineffective to hire staff because we have a higher wage here in Australia or in America, let's say they put up wages, the minimum wage, or just wages in general, and you have more unionization and things like that, and so wages go up. If Nike start making less profit or it starts impacting them too much, then they have to turn around and say, is it worthwhile having this company in this country? And so they might pack up, they might move offshore, and when they move offshore, they will go to a country where they now employ thousands of people, and that country that they just left, thousands of people are unemployed. So there's this toing and froing that goes on, but what happens is that most people mistake net worth for what someone's supposedly worth on paper for how much money they actually have. And money and worth are two different things. So when you've got net worth, that's your assets minus your liabilities. So it's essentially what you have minus, and if we say your liabilities are things like your loans. So if you go out and buy a million dollar house, but you've got a million dollar loan, your net worth is pretty much zero. But let's say you've got a house that is worth $100,000, it's now appreciated to $200,000, and you still have a $100,000 loan, you've got a $100,000 net worth. So when people have these huge net worths, it's normally a lot of the time it's because of the assets that they own. But if that person wants to sell their house, they might now have $200,000 minus the $100,000 they've got to pay off of their loan. So they still have $100,000 net worth, but now they don't have a fucking house, so they can't live. And so like a lot of people look at Elon Musk and this was a conversation that was happening on Twitter. Funny enough, there was a guy who hates Elon Musk who's actually an economist, weirdly enough, because he should understand these things. This person should understand the economy. And he's attacking Elon Musk, saying that Elon Musk should be taxed higher and blah, 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 blah. And he's got enough net worth and he can afford it and blah, blah, blah. Now, he should know better. But obviously he has a personal vendetta against Musk. But what happens is that money is tied up in his company shareholdings. So even as a company owner myself, I own shares in my own company. So I own 100% of the shares in my company because that's the way that companies normally work is you have to have shareholdings in the companies. And so Elon Musk has shareholdings in the company. Now let's say he has a billion dollars worth of shares in just one company. That might be what he's worth. But if he sells those shares to get that money back, then he has to sell those shares. So essentially he doesn't own those shares that he sold anymore. So therefore he reduces his ownership in that company. So let's say that he is 60% owner in Tesla. If he had to sell 10% of his shares, he then becomes 50% owner. If he sells, let's say 30% of his shares, then now he becomes 30% owner of the company, which means then that maybe he might be ousted as the CEO or the head of the company or the organization. So it creates a whole bunch of other problems. But most people don't realize this. They look at Elon Musk, they go, you know, this guy's worth whatever he's worth now. I probably should have looked it up, but let's say it's $100 billion. He's worth $100 billion. He should be taxed heavily. But he might make $0. He might make no money. Because let's say that the company pays for his food every day. So let's say he works 17 hours a day in the business. Then the business pays for the food that he eats because he has a company credit card. When he flies around, he flies around on the company's terms and time. Now let's say he sleeps in his office. 
So therefore, he essentially doesn't have to pay rent on the house. By the way, I'm just giving a crazy example here. So I know some of you will write to me and say, well, you know, he probably gets a haircut. So that would have to be a personal income or something like that. But my point is, is that he can essentially write off almost the majority of stuff as a business expense. So therefore, he might not earn a lot. I think I remember something about Steve Jobs from Apple. Now he paid himself, I think it was a dollar a year because he didn't need any money. The company paid for everything else. Okay, so everything else was paid for by the company. So then that gets taxed. There are ways around these things, but the reason why I wanted to do this episode was that just so many people say that we should keep taxing the rich, but most of the time rich people don't have money. And I'll get into this in another episode where I talk about wealth creation and money and so on. But most of the time, most wealthy people, their money is tied up in the shares that they own or in the property that they own. So therefore, if they get taxed, they have to sell their properties, they have to sell their commercial real estate, they have to sell their shares, which then means that they're not as wealthy as what they once were because now they've got to turn that into cash. Cash normally depreciates over time because of inflation. And so you essentially start punishing those who are smart enough and work hard enough and are intelligent enough to do the right thing with money. Quickly, if you're a business owner in Australia that makes over 300K per year and you're wanting to grow to $10 million or you're frustrated that your business still heavily relies upon you to get stuff done effectively and efficiently, then message me or my team on social media to find out more about my 12-month business implementation and growth mastermind called Business Growth Odyssey. We currently only intake 10 business owners each month into the program, and there are still some places open for this month's intake. Our goal is to help you to create more operational freedom in your business so that the business doesn't rely on you as the owner. We help you to implement processes, systems, management, hiring, and all the other things like sales, marketing, and so on to help you to scale your business without the usual levels of extreme anxiety, stress, pressure, overwhelm, etc. that most business owners face when they scale their business between 300K and $10 million. Plus, the best thing is you attend live business growth events each quarter, have weekly accountabilities, and join an amazing network of driven business owners who do not accept mediocrity in life or business. So message me or reach out to my team to find out more and set up a call. For most people that I know who get ahead financially, number one, they work extremely hard. Number two, they normally don't go out and party and drink and run amok on weekends. They normally are a bit more frugal. They are normally a bit more grounded. They're emotionally stable. They're emotionally controlled. They tend to not do things like the average person. And so the average person goes out and blows all their cash they're very impulsive, they party on weekends, they think the purpose of work is to work hard so that then they can go and spend all their money. And so for most people, if you said, I'll give you a million dollars, what would you do with it? Most people say, I'll buy a bigger house, I will pay off any of my debt, I will buy some new cars, I might put my kids in college or whatever. But then once you do that, now you've got no money. So now how do you pay for council rates for the next 20 or 30 years? You essentially just spent all your money or the majority of that money on liabilities. And some people go, yeah, but your home, you can sell and so on. But if you sell your home, then you're downsizing or you're downgrading, you'll go back to where you came from. And eventually you'll just waste away all your money, which is what most people do when they win lottery. If you punish people that are smart and you punish people that are intelligent and you punish people that are hardworking, normally what will happen is it turns into something like communism where people just go, well, fuck it. Why would I work 15 hours when someone who works three hours a day is gonna get just the same as what I do? Or if someone works you know, harder than what I do and I get paid the same, why would I work hard? So essentially it takes away people's reward mechanisms for doing the right thing. So normally when that starts to happen, people shift countries. And I've seen this happen in California at the moment. Tax rates have gone up as far as I understand. There's a whole bunch of problems there. The government aren't spending money effectively. And so because of that, homeless rates have gone through the roof. Big businesses are moving out and they're moving to states with lower tax rates. And so people have moved. Business owners are smart enough to go, well, if I'm gonna get screwed here, I might as well go somewhere else. And so they just pack up all their shit and leave. 
And so then they employ other people in different states. So the state starts to suffer. And from what I've seen or from what I've heard, that started happening quite a lot in California right now, but it does happen in other places around the world. And this is why countries that were once poor become rich because over time, they work hard, they become more productive, they become more effective, people learn how to think differently, they have better education systems. And then normally countries that were once well off can go backwards because people start to become lazy, they start to become complacent, everything becomes easy, and they don't push themselves hard enough. And I'm assuming for everyone out there that's worked hard, if you've worked hard and you take your foot off the gas, you start to become lazy and complacent and you start to lose the effort and the energy that you put in or you start to lose the results because the effort and the energy is decreased. So then over time, from a lot of people that are driven, they'll start to self-depreciate, then they'll start beating themselves up, they get angry and frustrated at themselves, and then they go out and they work hard again. Now, I'm assuming that most people that have ever gone through a diet do exactly the same thing, where you work really, really hard to achieve a goal, but once you get the goal, you become lazy and complacent, and then you start just doing the same things that led to you putting on weight, and then eventually you end up with more weight on, and then eventually you'll get to a point where you start to beat yourself up, feel like shit, and then bang, you get that motivation back. So motivation most of the time is driven from the need to get away from something or to achieve something. So it's through normally pleasure and pain. Now in our society, if we don't reward people who work hard, who think smart, who can control their impulses, who are more intelligent, who use their networks effectively, who are more creative, if we don't reward those people, then all that happens is those people go elsewhere because normally they have the ability to do so. And also they're more valuable in other countries. So that's why... There are countries around the world like Singapore and so on where people move to because they get more opportunity and they get more money, less taxation and so on. These are the things that we need to really think about. But I wanted to come back and really talk about the difference between what most people think about as net worth. Net worth really isn't money in the bank. It's essentially a probability or it's a potential. If I were to sell everything now, so I'm a multimillionaire, if I were to sell everything right now, yeah, I'd have millions of dollars. But if I sold everything right now, I would have to go out and buy another home, the home would have to be downsized. I would have to get rid of my cars. They would have to be downsized. I would have to sell all the holdings in the business and essentially sell it to somebody else who would pay an amount of money. So because of all that, that's not really the money in the bank. So if someone looks and goes, well, that person's a multimillionaire, but they've only paid 20 grand tax. That's not because that that person is getting taxed on that whole net worth that they have. They're essentially getting taxed on the money that they've earned, depending on their tax rates and depending on their write-offs and all of those things. And if you're listening to this and you're a business owner, this is why you need to have a really good accountant because they will explain these things. And also they'll make sure that you limit your tax rate. If you're limiting your tax rate, what you have to understand also is that if you're reducing your tax or limiting your tax liabilities, then make sure that you're using that money effectively to grow the business. I was stupid enough in the past where I limited our tax and I saved a lot of money, but then I went out and I did stupid shit with that money anyway, so the business didn't grow. Now, over time, then you've got to work hard again to make that up instead of reinvesting that money back into the business. If you're saving money in the business through taxation, then my suggestion is that you reinvest it back into the business. And this is again why Elon Musk is so wealthy because he essentially reinvests every cent that he has back into the business so that therefore the business keeps making more money. And that's why Elon Musk over time keeps getting more and more wealthy because he limits the amount of money that he earns and puts every cent that the business earns essentially back into the business to grow the business, okay? Which is intelligent, and also it leads to more tax write-offs as well in most cases. But again, this isn't taxation advice. That's why you need a good accountant. Now, at end of financial year, on my social media, I normally get people who put up, does anyone know a good, cheap accountant? You normally don't get good and cheap in the same sentence. 
Okay, if you're looking for a cheap accountant, you'll get a cheap accountant. They probably won't understand tax code as well as what they need to. They probably won't investigate. Like if I was getting paid, let's say $100 to do your tax return, it took me an hour. I'm essentially getting 100 bucks an hour. Plus then I've got to pay 30% tax on top of that or whatever my tax rate is. Plus then I've got, you know, if I've got the building and everything that I work out of, I've got to pay rent, phone bill, electricity, all of that shit. So if I'm going to an accountant who's earning $500 an hour, that accountant is probably going to look a lot more effectively at your tax return. They're probably gonna spend more time with you. They're probably gonna investigate what your goals are, what your ambitions are, where you wanna to get to, and they'll start figuring out a bit of a taxation plan to get you there. So they'll start looking at your investment strategy as well. They might work with other people like financial planners and so on to help come up with a plan and a map to get you to where you wanna to get to. They will be a lot more invested in you if you pay them well. And that's why I think that all business owners should pay their accountants well. Even if you're a startup business, you probably wanna pay for a good accountant and a good lawyer, not a cheap one. But anyway, I hope that makes sense, Driven Mofos. I really wanna share this because seeing these clowns on TikTok having a crack at Elon Musk and saying that he doesn't pay enough tax. He probably does pay a shit ton of tax all through employee wages. Let's just say he was charged 50% tax and he had to sell 50% of his shareholdings. That essentially means that all of those people who are employed, 50% of them will probably lose their jobs. And that is gonna be a lot bigger cost to the economy in taxation than what Elon Musk paying a little bit more in taxation will. And then finally, I think that really, Governments need to pull up their socks and stop wasting money as much as what they do, create better accountabilities, create better liabilities, and all of those things. In Australia and America, whether Americans and Australians like to admit it, there is a lot of corruption in this country. There's a lot of corruption in almost all governments around the world. But Australia and America are bad because essentially they hide it very, very well. You have things like people in parliament investing in certain businesses and buying shareholdings in businesses, then approving certain things that will help those businesses through policy and procedure. The pay rates as well is normally fairly high. I mean, they work very hard as well in most cases, but there's just a very lack of transparency and accountability in most cases for governments. And you know, supposedly they're supposed to be working for the people, but there's just not those accountabilities there. And unfortunately, anytime there is free money without accountability, you start to create corruption. And this happens anywhere around the world. I saw this when I was in Africa. When I was over there, we were talking about the money that goes over to Africa with charities. People that I was talking to who live in Africa were actually saying that a lot of that money turns into corrupt money because it's free money. The government have no accountability, no responsibility. They haven't had to work for it. So just like a spoiled child, if you keep giving them money, they'll just keep spending it. So if you keep giving money to governments, they will just keep spending it because they know that they can either print more or they can just tax more and there's no responsibility, there's no accountability. And so I think that people should be holding governments more accountable than they should be entrepreneurs that in most cases tend to work fairly, fairly hard and push fairly, fairly hard. Although they do enjoy luxurious lifestyles as well, but even those that I've been around who have helicopters and private jets and all those things, they probably still work more hours per week than two or three staff put together. And that's not to mention the amount of output or productivity that they have, which is probably you know, 10, 20, 30 times more because their decision-making is just way different. So anyway, my point is that we need to focus on the right thing. I think as a country, we probably need to be holding governments more accountable for money than we do freaking out about taxing people with money you know, more. That's my point of view anyway, but it depends what you think as well. I just wanted to really talk about the difference between net worth, that it's potential money, it's not real money. When someone's worth a million dollars, they're not really worth a million dollars. They don't have a million dollars in the bank. Most people get that confused. But anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope that this helps. Have a great day. Keep kicking ass. Keep crushing it. Make sure you get yourself a good accountant. And I look forward to you joining me back here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur.